Hello and welcome to the Irish Dentological Society podcast. Uh, this one is a special podcast we're recording in time for World Alzheimer's Day on September 21st. And to mark the day and to learn a bit more about the National Dementia Office, we have three members of the team there. So I'm just going to introduce our panel and then we'll get into the core part of the podcast. So first of all, we have Kate Brennan. So Kate, what's your background and what's your role there at the Dementia Office? Hi, thanks for having us, Adele. Um, so as you said, my name is Kate Brennan and I'm Senior Project Manager with the National Dementia Office. I suppose my main focus is uh, around education and working a lot with other NGOs um, to do with carers and uh, just to kind of integrate uh, different uh, work streams within the HSE. Um, I suppose my background actually started off as teaching uh, many moons ago and then got involved with um, an organisation, Family Carers Ireland, and I suppose uh, that, you know, then led me to move on working with the Alzheimer's Society. And I suppose I spent, you know, about 12, 15 years there working in the area of dementia. So I suppose my heart is in the area of dementia and, and again, has have a personal experience in, in terms of our family and looking after our grandmother who had dementia. And um, so I suppose I bring the whole aspect of the carer's point of view, but then also when you're here working with the NDO, so hopefully trying to promote um, the needs of, of people with dementia and, and family carers as well. That's great. Brilliant. Well, welcome to the podcast. Then we have Mairead Brackenskelly. Thanks, Millian Adele. So um, my background is actually psychology. I completed my PhD in psychology, looking at quality of life and trauma symptomatology in staff who'd re retired from the emergency services. So I suppose I had that um, interest in kind of older people and aging. And from there, I moved into kind of the arena of dementia and worked on different dementia projects and worked on the second Irish National Audit of Dementia in Acute Hospitals. And now I am the project lead for the implementation program for National Clinical Guideline number 21. So that's the appropriate prescribing of psychotropic medication for non-cognitive symptoms in people with yeah. dementia. And just for anyone going to our annual scientific meeting in Cavan in November, um, Maria will actually be presenting as, as part of the conference too. So just a sneak peek of what's ahead. And then finally, we have Fiona. Fiona, do you want to introduce yourself? Thanks very much for having us today. Um, yes, I'm Fiona Foley. I'm also a senior project manager with the National Dementia Office, and my role is to um, coordinate the Dementia Understand Together campaign. Um, my background is actually in business. I worked for um, for automotive industry um, for about 10 years as a manager. Um, but just like Kate has experienced, we had uh, first-hand experience of dementia in my family. My dad had early um, onset dementia. And so I've always been very interested in the topic of health and uh, and changing uh, things for people with dementia and for their families as well. Um, so I volunteered for the Alzheimer's Society several times. Um, I studied then um, as well. Um, I did a master's in management and health in nonprofit organizations. And I've also always had a very innovative uh, streak in me. I've always wanted to make a, a bigger uh, difference um, in, in society. So... Um, I, I um, worked for a charity here um, looking at um, overall health and well-being for older adults um, and then I got the opportunity to um, work with the Alzheimer's Society um, more closely and then now with the National Dementia Office, so delighted to be in this role. That's brilliant, so, so three really different backgrounds and I suppose different roles within the National Dementia Office, which is great. 
And so it's just for anyone listening, what we're going to do now is just talk a bit closer to each person. And at the end, we might have a bit of a discussion. And I suppose I might, I've gathered a few questions and a few questions might come up as we talk as well. Um, so we might go back up to Kate now. So do you want to give us just a bit of more of a background on, I know you mentioned the, the carers and the training program, but anything yeah. you want to share with people listening? Yeah, so I suppose really I just want to take this opportunity to talk about um, a program that we're delivering and rolling out in the National Dementia Office. So it's called the Dementia Care and Support Programme. And it's for healthcare support assistants uh, who work within the HSE. And I suppose we just need to kind of maybe take a step back, or, you know, just to kind of inform ourselves about it. You know, as you know, the National Dementia Strategy was published in 2014. And one of the action points in that states that education and training is instrumental to the delivery and management of effective health and social care services, and that all health and social care staff should be trained uh, and dementia aware, and they should receive appropriate training, um, which enables them to give the best care possible to the, the person with dementia. So I suppose that's really what we're trying to do. Um, we, The National Dementia Office, in partnership with DCU, uh, family carers and people with dementia, um, felt that we really needed a new course uh, to be rolled out. So we worked on that. And then our partners, Irish Times Training, came on board with us. And now this qualification, it's a QQI level five uh, qualification uh, for healthcare support assistance. And I suppose just to kind of say, well, why, why is it so important? Why do we need a specific course for healthcare support assistance? I suppose, you know, obviously prevalence rates, um, you know, are quite high, the 64th thousands of people that we know of in Ireland diagnosed with dementia and obviously that number is going to increase um, up to about 150,000 in the next number of years and the budget alone in terms of HSE spend is about 800 million um, you know providing supports for people with dementia so we really wanted to um, open it up and I suppose do something different. You know, it's easy just to come in, do a course, you go away, you get your accreditation. But we wanted um, staff to, to think differently and to be, I suppose, that the course would be delivered uh, differently. So I suppose the aim is that we want to develop skilled, self-aware and reflective um, home care support workers. And the, really the, the crux of it is we want to be able to enable people with dementia to live well in their homes and communities for as long as possible. So we're kind of challenge people's perceptions of dementia um, their ability to recognize stress, to practice self-care, um, to build relationships of trust and to come at the course with, you know, a strengths-based approach to dementia. And as the, the learner progresses through the course, they meet um, every week with a, a mentor. And that mentor is a person that has worked in the area of dementia for many years, has huge levels of experience, and I suppose can challenge the person um, and, you know, kind of give them different scenarios of how, what's the best practice, what's the best um, scenario, and, and what are the best outcomes for the person with dementia. Um, so that's really, really useful, and that's why it's a bit different, so that they have that support every week. Um, and they can use practical examples from their work or different scenarios uh, as well. And they also use a reflective journal. And at the end, the very last, there's the, the module is comprised of six modules. And then on the last day, there's a skills practice session. Um, so it's really challenging. It's very different. 
Um, and there's a lot of support with that. And so far, you know, we're running this project, this program on a pilot basis in three CHO areas in CHO one, uh, four and five. And the feedback to date has been absolutely brilliant, not only from the learners that are completing the course, but from families um, and people with dementia, that they've really noticed the difference in level of care, how care is provided, different things uh, that, that are done. And really, it's just about putting that person with dementia at the centre of their care and prioritising them and their care. And really, that's what we're trying to do, so just to make that change and to make that difference. Uh, there, there's a, a suite of education programmes that the NDO uh, provides. Some of them are for uh, staff that work in acute settings. Some are for staff that are work more in primary care settings. We have some on HSE land. So really, you know, there's there's a, a program there for everybody. Um, and really, it's I, I would just really direct people to our webpage. It's dementiapathways.ie. And it's really for health and social care professionals just to link there, just to go on there. There's lots of research. There's lots of documents there as well. And also the links to all the education and training programs, whether you're working in a GP surgery, whether you're, you're, you are a GP, whether you're in acute setting um, or whether you're a family carer as well. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of offerings there. So I would really uh, recommend people just to go to the Dementia Pathways website, just to have a look there and see which training course might be appropriate for yourself. Uh, then I suppose across to yourself, Maria, I know you have a, a different angle again. Uh, do you want to give a bit of an update on what, what you're up to? Yeah, so I suppose, uh, like Kate was saying, her area was identified in the National Dementia Strategy. So the National Dementia Strategy also identified psychotropic prescribing as a priority area. So in follow-up to that, the National Clinical Guideline on Appropriate prescribing of psychotropic medication for non-cognitive symptoms in people with dementia was published by the Department of Health in December 2019. And there was also a sister document published, so a guidance document on non-pharmacological interventions for non-cognitive symptoms in people with dementia. So following that, then the National Dementia Office secured funding through the HSE National Service Plan to roll out an implementation program to try and kind of improve the practices around psychotropic prescribing and to get kind of the, the guideline recommendations fully active. So that's what I'm part of. So that program started in January and it's a two year program. So kind of I'm here today to raise awareness of the risks of psychotropic prescribing and to raise awareness of the guideline itself and kind of as a key resource uh, to people working in the area of dementia and particularly those working prescribing psychotropic medications. Great. I suppose, what would you say are the components of the implementation programme at the moment? Okay, so the programme's been rolled out through three work packages. So the first one is communication and engagement. So that's about kind of raising awareness of the risks of psychotropics and raising awareness of the guideline itself. So there's a number of different activities through that, like you mentioned, presenting at, say, the IGS conference. Um, we have a seminar on on the 21st of September uh, jointly with the safeguarding office about non-cognitive symptoms of dementia um, and it's about linking in with stakeholders and sharing information with them along the way and disseminating as much information as possible the second work package then is education and training so kind of the the real core part of the implementation program is developing and rolling out an education and training mm -hmm. program 
there's kind of a number of different levels of it. So one of the main components is we're developing a HSE land module, which we hope to have live at the end of this year or early in 2023, which is targeted at all staff who provide care to people with dementia to kind of raise awareness of the guidance document on non-pharmacological interventions, to raise awareness of the guideline itself and the risks of psychotroping psychotropic prescribing and to kind of highlight the core aspects of person-centered care and um, the importance of things like life story work that should be incorporated in care and we'll be rolling out a train the trainer model of education where we'll have two trainers that will roll out training to local trainers across the country in acute settings residential settings for older people mental health settings and community settings and we'll have kind of different levels of training in relation to kind of basic awareness of non-cognitive symptoms, specific training then for prescribers of the psychotropics, and then audit training. Uh, so we have an audit tool that will be refined as part of the implementation program for staff to build audit into routine practice to look at levels of psychotropic prescribing. And then the last work package is evaluation. So we've commissioned an independent evaluation of the implementation program, which will commence later this year, um, where an external research group will look at kind of the different data before and after to look at the broader impact of the implementation oh, program. That's brilliant. So much to it and so much for people working in so many different settings or different, obviously different MDT members and everything. There'll be a lot, a lot on offer in the next year, it seems, which is great. Yeah, there's a lot to get done, but I think um, it will be great to see that HSE land module go live. I think that will be a really big step forward when that is developed and gone yeah. live. I suppose then over to Fiona. Yeah, just like Mairead and Kate have also mentioned um, the six uh, priority areas of the uh, National Dementia Strategy, um, raising awareness and understanding was also one of the six uh, key action areas as well. And that's where the Dementia Understand Together campaign comes in. Um, we conducted research in 2015 and we saw that only one in four of the general public actually had a reasonable understanding of dementia and that the majority of people were actually not aware of how they can reduce their risk of dementia. Um, we also noticed that only, you know, that one in four people would delay seeking help and that there was still a lot of fear and stigma um, associated with uh, dementia and with a diagnosis of dementia. So we really looked at how can we tackle that and that's when the Dementia Understand Together com campaign was created. And what is so innovative about this campaign is, is that it's not uh, a, H a HSE campaign. It's not, you know, the National Dementia Office campaign. It's actually a collaboration of so many stakeholders of coming together. While the HSE is leading out on the campaign, the key is really a co-creation approach here with stakeholders through, from business sectors, from financial services, from academia, from research, and everybody looking at what can we do to make a difference out there for people with dementia. The key is also that people with dementia themselves, their families, their carers, their supporters have been very much at the heart of the creation of this campaign. Um, and so the key aim of the campaign is to build awareness and understanding. But the other thing is also that we really want to inspire everybody out there in our communities, these individuals, businesses, service providers to take actions um, to support people with dementia. So when the campaign first started, it actually started as an advertising campaign because we looked at how can we reach the masses out there um, in Ireland to really talk about dementia, to, to ensure that everybody has a better 
understanding of dementia. And um, people with dementia themselves and families uh, joined the TV and, and um, radio campaign over the period of two years where they just shared their own personal experiences of dementia. And they talked about how important community is to them, community life, community supports in addition to other healthcare supports as well. And that campaign has been incredibly impactful. So over the, that period of two years where the TV ads and radio aired, um, we could measure that there was actually a 9% increase of knowledge of dementia. So that is massive. But we also know that just knowing more about dementia or having a bit better understanding that that is not enough to actually really change a culture of dementia that is out there and really tackle that topic of stigma. And culture change can only happen through people. It can only happen by people leading by positive behaviors, showing how they're supporting a person with dementia, taking positive actions. So this is where the innovative part of this, this campaign comes in because we're now looking at a grassroots model of social change. So everybody has a role to play and we're asking everybody in our community, be it yourself, be it, you know, um, my, my friends, my, my colleagues, um, my teammates in, in, out there in sports clubs, but also all the stakeholders who've supported this campaign from the start. So all the transport providers, all the pharmacists, everybody out there to take action to support a person with dementia. And there are some very key actions that we are promoting, which are to see the person and not the dementia. And that is really fundamental in it. Um, but also then that we talk about dementia, that we look at what are the things, the small things that we can do to make sure that somebody can stay active in their community, whether it is us driving somebody to a sports club, whether it is um, just amending my service a little bit if I'm a business and looking at is my, my, are my premises actually accessible for a person? Is my staff trained to support somebody who might come in and might have a little bit more difficulties expressing what they, what they need? So these are all the things that we are working with on the ground. And currently we have approximately 40 national partner organizations out there. So you can imagine the impact all over Ireland they can have. But we also have 400 local community champions. So they are just, again, people like you and me who are in their community and who really want to make a change in their communities. And they are leading the force out there by talking about dementia and showing those positive behaviors by including people with dementia in decision making, in looking at what it does an inclusive community actually looks like um, and what are the things that would be meaningful to them. So I guess my call today is really to raise awareness for the campaign, to ask people to join the campaign and get involved and look at what you can do in your community, what you can do in your sports club, what you can do in your business to really make meaningful changes and positive changes for people with dementia so that they can live as well as possible within their own community. I know you mentioned there about the radio and the TV campaigns. I suppose Irish culture-wise, there is a huge stigma around dementia and how it's been portrayed, or maybe people have seen it in their family members at quite an advanced stage. Um, just one of the questions here was about representation. So whether there could be more public representation of people with dementia and I suppose even whether it's on TV, media, like Fair City, whatever it might be, because mm -hmm. normally it normalizes things like everything society, if you see it, it normalizes it and makes it less 
it's a, something the youth have looked at as well. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, really at the start of the campaign to see how, to look at how important it is to have people with dementia really at the heart of it and that they are the ones who are speaking about their experience. Yeah. They are the ones who are also speaking about what an inclusive community means to them. So, and I do think, you know, when it comes to representation that, you know, they, they, it, you can see it, like whether they are in movies now, you, you have movies about, you know, a person with dementia, you have, you know, people with dementia um, on, on radio programs, on other TV programs. And I do think it's really important that people understand that, you know, just because the person ha has a diagnosis of dementia, it doesn't mean that, you know, that person isn't still there, and uh, and I think Kate, you've see, said it there as well. It's is that we see the person and not the dementia. Um, I think it's also really important that people understand that there is such a variety of types of dementia, mm -hmm. and that people experience it very very differently. And when people with dementia themselves come and talk about it, I think. The, the general public who might have a misconception about dementia might not understand it as well, that they th then really realize that the person is affected in many different ways. And we have to really look at how can we support that individual at, at, at a given time. Um, and I think, you know, that's what we're trying to do when we're talking to our national partners and we're talking to community champions is that aspect of training that uh, Kate yeah. mentioned is is uh, so important as well that you know that's usually the first step for our national partners that they look at training opportunities for their staff members and it's not about them becoming an expert in dementia it's about understanding how it can affect a person but also the little things that we can do to support someone and they might not be any different for a person with dementia than for an older adult or somebody who's visually impaired or somebody you know who is, who is physically impaired so i do think it's really good to get that message um across um that we do really just see the person for who they are and what we can do um, so dementia awareness training is one of the resources that we offer and we also have worked with uh, DCU and uh, have an updated version of the dementia elevator training as well, which is fantastic. It's an online module. It's for free and that will be rolled out later this year again. Um, but we also have a lot of network meetings and I think that's important where people come together and they talk about dementia, they share about their experiences because we really need to get the message across, whether it's through these meetings, through social media, and that we really use every kind of communications methods that we can to share those personal stories, to share our own personal experiences and to share those positive actions that um, our partners are and champions are taking. And, um, and people with dementia have really been so fundamental in it all. Um, it's, it's so brave to share your own experience. Um, and I think without that personal experience, we, we would have never ever had the impact the campaign is having at the moment. And also what we can see is that people with dementia are much more involved actually now in talking about the changes organizations should do and you know, and what is meaningful to them or not. We are holding so many focus groups with people with dementia and with other representatives where they actually can just share their own um, experiences and that makes all the difference. Um, so there are a lot of resources also on our website, which is um, 
uh, understandtogether.ie, um, which whether it's the different training opportunities, but also we are rolling out um, a national icon because there's so much happening across communities by national partners, by local champions, and now it's time to make it visible. So we're really hoping that this icon, that people will put that up on their shops, on the buses, on, you know, wherever they can put these, um, these uh, vis visual symbols up to really show that we stand behind um, people with dementia. I was going to just echo, uh, sorry, Adele, I was going to just echo what Fiona said. I think it's really key to the National Dementia Office kind of keeping the person with dementia at the start of it. For example, the steering committee for the implementation program has a representative from the Irish Dementia Working Group and a representative from the Dementia Carers Campaign Network. And I think that would be quite common across all the steering committees that we would have in place. And the event say that we're hosting the webinar on the 21st of September we have four speakers one of those is a representative of the Irish Dementia Working Group and another is a representative of the Dementia Carers Campaign Network to really keep that lived experience at the heart of it. Yeah that's brilliant and I suppose it really authenticates it also it's not an abstract concept you're talking about then it's people's real lives. Yeah exactly. Um, I suppose something that came in here probably more from a from more clinical people. I know you're talking a lot, there's a huge amount of engagement with people living with dementia, taking part in groups and advocacy campaigns. Uh, but I suppose the question has come in, often people present to hospital with, say, a crisis, a fall, a stroke, a broken hip, and it's been long suspected maybe they have had a level of cognitive impairment or maybe early stage dementia at home, but haven't went to the GP, haven't went to a geriatrician, haven't acted on it. And then often it's in a from place of crisis that they're now in a hospital and it's all coming out. So how do we, I suppose, normalize and promote people from a cognitive health perspective that they would seek out their GP or speak to someone at an earlier point? Or if you notice, you know, a change with someone you live with, that, that you speak to them and their GP or the public health nurse? Because there's still definitely a, a real a hesitancy to to admit that maybe you've noticed a change in your memory or cognition. Uh, I suppose Fiona's Understand Together campaign helps to kind of normalise it and then the dementia model of care will be published in January, mm -hmm. which will kind of give clearer uh, pathways and I think that will also help kind of get supports in place sooner in the journey. Mm -hmm. That's it, because I think when someone presents somewhere, a GP or wherever it might be, they, they will get support, but there's definitely still a hesitancy to I, to identify it or to say it aloud. I think it, it could go back to the stigma and the fear of what might happen. But I suppose that awareness piece and normalizing it too. Yeah, and I think just coming in there, um, I mean, that, that is one, one key aspect of the Dementia Understand Together campaign as well, because there was that fear of, of uh, is associated with a diagnosis. And we had a recent uh, research study where we actually can see that um, people can see how important it is to get an early diagnosis because they can also then really be part of their their own pathway and um, and look at and make the decisions that are that are ne necessary for their own health and well-being. But I think one of the aspects of the campaign as well is, is that we talk about 
um, brain health and risk factors um, for dementia. And I think that is also really helpful because people look at what they can do to, to increase their own brain health as well. And that might be a start of conversation um, with a GP then too, if they, if they realize that they might have difficulties, you know, with memory or if they have difficulties with other aspects that um, they find that conversation around brain health um, a little bit easier as well. And not, you know, every symptom of dementia leads to a diagnosis of dementia. And I think it's really important that people know that there are things um, that might, you know, present very similarly, but um, but that, you know, treated, you know, that it's important to treat them um, as well, but there may not necessarily be dementia at all. Um, so it's always good to go and um, and speak to your GP when you are worried um, in any shape or form um, about about your brain health. Yeah, that's it. I think if, if it became like physical health that you just went to the GP when you have a sore knee, if it became similar, if you noticed a change that you just sought some support, it would probably help things along. Uh, but no, that's great. I Now, I have a couple of more questions here. So I suppose she's asking about the Irish National uh, Dementia Audit or the Audit of Dementia in Ireland. And there, I suppose, are there plans for third round audit and the main findings for the public about the second audit cycle. Do you know if any use could talk about the audit itself? Yeah, so I um, worked as coordinator on the second Irish National Audit of Dementia, so kind of I'm particularly passionate about this area. So the National Dementia Office have secured funding through the National Service Plan for a third and then a fourth wave of the audit to be conducted. And I think those will really be key because there was while there were some improvements from wave one to wave two, um, there was kind of a lot of things that stayed the same. So I think the third wave will hopefully show a lot of change. And since the second um, audit was published in 2020, there has been a lot of funding from the National Dementia Office into uh, important roles within acute settings. For example, the quality improvement assistant director of nursing roles. So I'm hoping that the third round of the audit will show a lot of improvement because of things like that that have been put in place. Great. And I suppose anyone who's not familiar with the audit, uh, where could they have a bit of a read about it or where could they read the most recent reports? Um, I can. We can put the link for the audit in the description of the podcast, but if you Google INAD-2 HSE, it will come up as kind of the, the first link. Um, and it's quite a long document, but the start will give you kind of a brief summary of each of the key findings and the key recommendations, and it's a, a good read. Yeah, great. Um, I suppose a question for myself, I was quite struck that... I suppose the National Dementia Office is such a overlay with, say, the clinical programs and the various like big HSE streams and then the kind of public health initiatives as well. There's such an intersection that I didn't appreciate that the National Dementia Office had. Um, I suppose for anyone listening who is coming from a similar angle, like where do you see the National Dementia Office sitting between kind of health, community, society, research? Um, what is its broader role? Say, I suppose we recognise that dementia falls into so many different areas of healthcare and so many different clinical programmes and so many settings that we're very cognisant when we're putting together and planning projects and putting together steering committees that we pull representatives from each of those areas so that this can be kind of the, 
developments aren't happening in silos that we kind of have all our stakeholders on board and we like I said earlier having your service user at the heart of that as well and having all of those kind of core key stakeholders in place yeah and that's it I think it's just it is as you say it's just it really crosses so many sections and it, it's such a mixed group and sorry, Fiona, were you going to add something there too? No, I was just going to come back to the National Dementia Strategy, really, where you look at those priority action areas. And um, and even there, like you see that it's it's about awareness, understanding. It's about timely diagnosis. It's about integrated services, mm -hmm. training, research, leadership. So in these key elements already, you can see that there is a, a huge link to all other um, areas as well. And just from, you know, my own experience now when it comes to the Dementia Understand Together campaign, we work really closely with um, the HSE Health and Wellbeing, with the communications team as well, with, you know, with other areas that you might not um, associate uh, with dementia at all. But uh, that is really the strength that, you know, dementia is not standalone, stand but it is integrated in all of the HSE's um, services and and uh, structures, and um, and that in every area we we are raising awareness for dementia and we are talking about dementia and getting the messages out. Um, so I only wanted to add that. Yeah, that, that's great. And I suppose finally, how do you think we're doing overall? as a society, as a country for people living with dementia? Not, not a scientific question, but just what is your perception of maybe even in your career timeline, how do you think we're doing? I suppose for me, I can I can say, and, and I know my colleagues will add more to it, but just in the last two years alone under the National Service Plan, there has been a huge amount of resources and, um, put into and money put into different initiatives for people with dementia. So we're trying to develop um, that pathway for a person with dementia where there's diagnostic services, post-diagnostic supports with different um, memory assessment support services. There's nine new um, memory assessment support services located throughout the country. And there's four new uh, regional um, memory uh, services as well. So there's been a lot of funding um, put into those new services, different positions in terms of brain health, uh, dementia registry, um, and Maraid's piece of work as well in terms of the clinical guidelines. So there's huge resources that have uh, come into the area of dementia through the National Service Plan. So it's a really welcome development. Um, because I think I know for me working in the area of dementia for a lot of number of years, you know, it really, I suppose, had been focused on daycare supports, home care supports. So now I think we're looking at a broader picture and the model of care certainly has informed that. And, you know, hopefully when that's published, you know, people will be able to have a, a smoother pathway throughout their dementia journey and the resources and, and the personnel are there to assist them on their journey through dementia. Yes, yeah. Fiona Yeah, and um, maybe just to add, you know, I've mentioned the research studies that we conduct as well as part of the campaign, and we had a recent survey of our partners and champions, and um, in that survey, 86% uh, of national partners and 92% of community champions feel that there is a real change in how people with dementia and their families are supported since the campaign started in 2016. Um, but also like 74% of partners and 77% of champions involve people with dementia now.
now in deciding which actions are meaningful to them. And we also had a national omnibus uh, survey also in 2021, so it's very recent. And we can see that attitudes towards those living with dementia are changing for the better. 92% um, of people surveyed um, said that people with dementia have the right to be active citizens in their communities. And so you can see the sentiments are there in the in communities. People are willing to to you know take actions and make changes, and it's really um, positive to to hear that. But I think just anecdotally, I think for me it's always important to hear what people with dementia and their families themselves say. And while I'm sure that you know services and supports are are you know still needed and experiences are very different. Um, you know, I was really encouraged when I heard um, one dementia advocate um, say to, to the other day that it's not really so much um, about talking about stigma when it comes to dementia, but really more about, um, you know, a better understanding. And that's a real shift in our language when we when we can say, you know, we're, we're increasing people's um, understanding. So I think that is really positive. Great. Yeah. And Marit? There has been good support as well from the Minister for Health. So I think that kind of speaks to kind of the governmental support and the governmental recognition um, of the importance of this area. So as Kate said, it's great to see lots of new initiatives funded through the National Service Plan the last couple of years. And like we have important data through, for example, the second INAD audit, looking at kind of what's there and the gaps that are there. So I think all those new initiatives funded will really help to kind of close the gaps in those areas and then in areas outside of acute, obviously, as well. Um, so that's brilliant. And so I suppose on behalf of the Irish Gerontological Society, thank you all for taking part. And I suppose it's a really timely this episode will come out hopefully on September 21st, technology um, appending. Uh, and I suppose that was, is really is a really great overview of just some of the projects that are on within the National Dementia Office. Uh, you've each mentioned specific web pages and reports and different things that are quite relevant. So we'll try to put all those links together in the show notes. And yeah, unless anyone's got anything else to add, we'll wrap it up there. Okay, thanks very much well, for having us, Thanks very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity.